All right, my friends, welcome back to Your Bible Book by Book. I am Pastor Luke, and this is the book, books, I should say, of Jeremiah and Lamentations. Uh, Jeremiah is the author of both. In fact, Jeremiah um, is said to or thought to be the author also of uh, possibly 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel, 1 Kings, and 2 Kings, um, and, and possibly some other books as well. But uh, those are, are speculations. Um, we don't know that for sure. There are some interesting um, similarities between how he writes and some of those other books. So anyway, Jeremiah, he is uh, most famously known as the weeping prophet. Um, and the reason for that, a couple reasons for that, one is because he writes the book of Lamentations. And as you, uh, I'm sure, can understand, Lamentations is uh, a lament. It's a very, a very sorrowful um, book, and it's all about... Uh, the destruction of Jerusalem by the Babylonians um, and the uh, absolute um, horror uh, of all the events that surround that and uh, Jeremiah's recounting of that in great detail. Uh, but also in the book of Jeremiah, he writes in uh, chapter 9, verse 1, he says, Oh, that my head were waters and my eyes uh, a fountain of tears, that I might weep day and night for the slain of the daughter of my people. And so uh, Jeremiah um, clearly uh, has a, a deep um, heart for his people, uh, which is interesting because his people never seem to accept his word um, or his prophecy or his ministry. He is um, put into uh, jail different times. He is persecuted. He is uh, rejected and ignored. Um, in, in many of the things that he says, in fact, most of the things that he uh, prophesies, um, his own people do not seem to take seriously. They reject and they um, do exact opposite of, of what he uh, counsels them to do. Um, but he has a great love for his people. And so Jeremiah, um, as uh, you're, I'm sure, picking up at this point, uh, lives through the exile of uh, the uh, the land of Judah, the the nation of Israel, uh, and especially the city of Jerusalem, uh, by the Babylonians, and so uh, he begins his ministry at a very young age uh, during the the uh, reign of Josiah. Josiah, as he says in uh, Jeremiah chapter one, um, was in his thirteenth year uh, of ruling when Jeremiah. Uh, was called into ministry. And Jeremiah being pretty young, but also being a priest, um, we can assume that he must have been uh, around 20 years old. Priests uh, cannot serve in the temple until they reach the age of 20. Um, and they can start some other um, menial services in the temple uh, at a little bit younger age, but they, they have uh, a restriction on uh, what they can do until they're 20. Uh, so he's somewhere in there. He actually says that, that God uh, had basically called him from the womb, that he was um, in, the, in the womb and God already knew him and already knew his plans for Jeremiah um, and what he would do. He's one of the prophets um, that is told, the only prophet that we know of, who was told that he was forbidden to marry. Um, in chapter 16, verse 2, God tells him that he cannot marry. Um, but uh, as strange as that may sound, um, you know, when you look through the prophets' lives, you see uh, they, they, a lot of times they have 
some different things uh, concerning their their marriages or their wives that God specifically tells them. Ezekiel's wife dies, and and God tells Ezekiel not to mourn for her. Uh, Daniel uh, never marries. Now we we assume the reason why Daniel never marries is because um, it's likely that he was a eunuch. Um, and that's, uh, again, a little bit of conjecture. The, the Bible talks about the Babylonian process, you know, what they did to their wise men and, and especially those that were uh, brought into the kingdom through exile. Um, and, and they were made eunuchs. And so Daniel, being a young man in the king's service because of the exile, um, it's very likely that he and his three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, were all made eunuchs um, when they were brought into the king's service. Um, but uh, anyway, Daniel never marries. And then Hosea um, is uh, called by God to actually uh, marry a prostitute. And so uh, there's uh, uh, plenty of evidence that the uh, prophets were under direct you know, supervision of, uh, by God of, of who and how uh, they were to marry. It was part of their ministry and part of their, their living out the sim- symbolism of their call um, at different times. And so one of the things that you gather from that with Jeremiah is that he is forbidden to marry, marry uh, because he is going to be kind of a living symbol of uh, God's uh, discipline of the, the nation of Israel, that they're going to enter into a time uh, of... Um, of exile, but also a time of, of mourning and a time of grief. And so uh, Jeremiah is forbidden to uh, marry, which would be a sign of, of that kind of isolation. Um, so he uh, has a ministry from the kingship of Josiah in the 13th year of Josiah. Now, one of the things that we know about Josiah, when he was eight years old, he became king. Um, so at this time, Josiah would have only been around 21 years old. Um, but Josiah, um, even though he was a righteous king, he was one of the most uh, righteous kings in Israel's history. Um, and the last righteous king that Israel, uh, or Judah, I should say, uh, will ever have. Um, Josiah does not live to be very old. Um, he reigns until he's about 38 years old, and then he dies in battle uh, against the Egyptians. And uh, that is something that he was actually warned about by the Egyptian king not to get involved. Um, but because of God's plans and purposes for Israel, um, I think Josiah ignored the warning and entered into battle and then died, uh, which accelerated God's uh, plan for the, the nation of Israel. Uh, they go through several more kings very quickly um, and then. Uh, Jeremiah, he actually um, has a ministry all the way through um, until the 11th year of uh, Zedekiah. And and that is when uh, Jerusalem falls so catastrophically that uh, it is burned and the temple is destroyed and the people um, are are at that point completely uh, given over into exile and to discipline. And so uh, Joe, Jeremiah's ministry uh, spans quite uh, many years, quite a few years. Um, and during that time, um, his ministry or his prophecy uh, has this interesting distinction that uh, he, he basically is writing a biography of his life and interweaving 
the uh, prophecies into that. And so there's quite a bit of narrative uh, uh, storytelling in Jeremiah's prophecy. Uh, through the book of Jeremiah, you see uh, a lot more detail about his life, what is going on with him personally, um, and interweaving that into the story and, and into the prophecy of, of God's plan for his people. Uh, and so you see that um, chronologically lived out, and, and not everything happens in precise order, uh, but you do see that that there is quite a bit of, of uh, detail about who Jeremiah is, a lot more than most of the prophets. Um, and so he, he declares all these things um, to his people about their need to repent. And they're, they're living in a time uh, where they are uh, experiencing a great amount of reform. Josiah, uh, in his lifetime, uh, brought about probably the most... Uh, dramatic reform to uh, Israel that they had ever seen. Um, that uh, their his- throughout their history, uh, they'd never uh, had this kind of uh, revival or reform happen, uh, where they were completely um, given back to the law in a way uh, that they'd never seen before. We, what happens is that they find or rediscover or uncover uh, the law as they are remodeling the temple. Um, and so they come to this place where they realize how severely they have uh, disobeyed God, how they have been in rebellion to God, and they repent completely. And now this repentance, though, is really on the part of Josiah um, for his people. And so the the nation of Israel, the nation of, of Judah, um, is... Uh, repentant because of their leadership, because of their king. And uh, he, he instigates now uh, a great reform and uh, applying the, the book of Deuteronomy uh, particularly uh, to bring the, the nation back to a place of, um, of holiness, uh, of sanctification, of consecration. Um, but God declared to Josiah that even though they had... Um, done such a, a good job of repenting uh, that God's prophecy and that God's plan of discipline uh, was going to continue. But uh, because of the, the uh, nature of the reform, uh, God would allow for that king uh, to continue in peace, and then the, the discipline, the judgment, would start after his lifetime, uh, which we see um, in the years to come that the other kings are not uh, godly. They're not uh, following the reform. And, and what happens here is that because the reform is uh, dependent on the king and not necessarily on the hearts of the people, and what I mean is that the king is leading this reform. Uh, Josiah is, is uh, commanding that it happen. The people are following the law, the command, uh, but their hearts are not necessarily in it. And so when the next king is evil and he undoes uh, you know, all these reforms, the people go along with that. Um, and this is exactly the reason why God is so determined to bring about the discipline and the judgment that he's going to bring about. So Jeremiah prophesies um, for much of the book uh, to his people about their need to have a heartfelt uh, change, to truly um, turn back to the Lord, follow the Lord, love the Lord, um, and they 
pretty much ignore that teaching. And, and here's what you see in all the prophets. That message is uh, clearly portrayed in, in all the, the, the books of the prophecies. Um, they're forthtelling the word of God. They're forthtelling uh, the will of God to their people in their day. Um, and then Jeremiah has another distinction that he uh, prophesies to the nations. And so it's not just for the nation of Israel. It's also for the other nations of the world. And so he specifically calls out um, all the other nations to repent um, that God is going to bring about discipline and judgment on them as well, uh, which is a call for them to turn their hearts over to God. Um, and so Jeremiah prophesies to the nations, um, and then he does something else. Um, he uh, clearly tells his people that they need to accept God's discipline and that God has a plan and a purpose for it. And so Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. And the reason for that um, is that he is going to uh, declare to his people that they need to accept the Babylonian exile, to not just accept it, but to actually seek to thrive in it, to retain their uh, unique identity as the people of God, even while they're in Babylon, and to um, believe and to trust and to hope that God's plans for their future will continue, even though they're going to spend 70 years in Babylon uh, waiting for their deliverance, um, that they can have families, that they can buy houses, they can plant vineyards, they can thrive, and they can um, enjoy basically um, a peaceful, productive life, even while they're in exile, as God's going to work out their plans or his plans for them, and then he will allow them to return to their homeland, to Jerusalem. Um, but uh, they have to be faithful and patient in that meantime, um, which is something that the nation of Israel, I don't think, understands until um, after Jeremiah's long gone. I think when they uh, find themselves in Babylon and, and uh, Jeremiah's dead, uh, I think at that point they begin to realize that his word was true and it was the word of God and that they um, actually begin to obey it. Um, so Jeremiah, um, he even though he is rejected during his lifetime, his prophecies are accepted as the word of God um, even even into um, uh, directly after he's gone. Uh, and so uh, Daniel um, uses Jeremiah's prophecy to, to understand God's plan. And Jeremiah and, and uh, Daniel lived in the same time. They overlap by a few years. Uh, Daniel understood that Jeremiah had declared that their exile would be for 70 years. And, and Daniel uh, uses that um, as the word of God to understand what God is telling him about the future of the world. And so we'll get into Daniel's prophecies um, when we approach uh, the book of Daniel uh, but Daniel understood, and the people of God understood, that Jeremiah's uh, word was the word of God. It was scripture. Um, and that happened um, probably even while Jeremiah was still alive. Uh, they understood that. 
um, which is true for most of the scriptures. They they are understood as scripture almost immediately uh, by the time uh, they're written, that they are received as the word of God directly. Um, and so Jeremiah has that, uh, that distinction as well. Um, he dies sometime um, after the exile, um, very shortly after the exile. Uh, and, uh, and what we understand is that uh, he... Uh, may have died in Egypt. Um, and what happens is that the people are told uh, not to depend on Egypt, not to go there, and they actually ask Jeremiah um, what God is going to tell him about it. And Jeremiah says, don't go to Egypt, don't trust in Egypt, um, uh, but uh, allow for the Babylonians to rule and, uh, and accept their rule. And uh, instead they capture Jeremiah and they uh, take him hostage to Egypt, and uh, it is believed that is where Jeremiah dies. And so um, Jeremiah um, is a, a very fascinating book because it does weave prophecy in with his biography, um, and uh, there's uh, so much in the book of Jeremiah that uh, is, is very inspiring and encouraging to us. And so hope that you'll read it again soon uh, because that is your Bible book by book.